0: why psychiatry sucks, and why psychiatry is awesome. Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. I am Devin, I'm a psychiatrist, and um, i a dad. I like ramen very much. I eat it a lot, as much as I can eat. I will eat ramen all day. But Sadly, this is not a podcast about ramen or noodles, although in about 2 weeks time, I'm going to be travelling back to Kuching, my hometown where I was born, um, where I will be visiting family, and um, I will probably die of heat stroke because I'm not used to the heat anymore. It's the hottest time of year, apparently, so I've been told. but I will be enjoying delicious, delicious noodles all day, every day for the entirety of my trip. Ah, I can't wait. I'll um <clears throat> I'll maybe do a quick podcast from there too and review a few uh, few of my meals. So why psychiatry is awesome and why does it suck? I um, <clears throat> uh, this week I've, I've had um, a really fun week. I had uh, a medical student who was interested in psychiatry, uh, forensic psychiatry in particular, um, join me in the clinic for um, for half a session, which was which was great actually, and. Um, it reminded me of how much I actually really enjoy um, passing on knowledge to the next generation of um, would-be psychiatrists. Um, and um, Anyway, my, my wife thought this was great because um, I, I forgot, actually she had to remind me um, when I used to teach medical students um, some years ago. Uh, how much I enjoyed that, uh, and sometimes I even enjoyed it a lot more than um, the actual clinical work. Um, not that I don't enjoy that either, but um, there's something special about um, teaching medical students and, and others about um, mental health, uh, treatment, and how to. I don't know how to how to treat others um, well. <clears throat> Psychiatry is a formal discipline um, is quite new, relatively speaking, compared to other specialties uh, like um, general surgery, orthopedic surgery, even other fields of medicine and Some would say psychiatry isn't technically medicine. Well, I would say that it is, and um, I will tell you why um, in a minute. But um, I think that's partly one reason why um, it doesn't seem to attract as much interest From trainee doctors, medical students, and indeed, I don't know, people. And and we need to be uh, attracting people to the specialty in order to sustain uh, a stable mental health workforce. And there's been so much. Concern about the state of our mental health systems, and um, I think part of the answer to improving our mental health system is training the right way, selecting people that actually want actually want to be good psychiatrists Um, and actually selecting good psychiatrists or trainees for psychiatry practice who actually really like talking and helping people it's funny that I have to say that because when I survey my My peers, I sometimes wonder if they actually like people. Um, There are, you know, um, there are so many reasons why this is the case. Um, I think burnout is a key factor here, and I think compassionate compassion fatigue is a real problem. you know, people are overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. We work in complex systems, bureaucratic systems, with layers and layers of um, bureaucracy, uh, literally and figuratively speaking. And um, I think this really tires everyone out, Um But it makes it difficult also for people to remember why they are at work in the first place. Uh, And unfortunately, um, patients lose out. Because the people that are supposed to be treating them aren't performing at their best because they're tired, they're fatigued, they have to... Uh, meet certain key performance indicators that are really quite meaningless in my view. Um, And there's so much fear in the system of doing the wrong thing that people often fail to do the right thing. You know, there, there are a myriad reasons why um, psychiatry is not attractive as a specialty, and there's a complex um, weaving of social, political, ideological, philosophical factors and beliefs. Um, And I don't think I can get into all of it in this uh, episode. Um, I said before, earlier, that psychiatry is a branch of medicine. Um, But many do see it as a bit of a pseudoscience, although the practice of medicine, and indeed all its branches, in general, aims to consolidate art and science. Psychiatry is the same. Don't be fooled if you're a doctor. Or a new doctor, or new specialist, um, <clears throat> by um, the notion that s- s- <laughs> there's any certainty in uh, in scientific um, methods, uh, because there isn't. <laughs> um, In my view, all science seeks to do is to find uh, truth through methods that allow you to test things out. Um, And I think it gets us close to, uh, as close as we can be to. reality but it, there can never be certitude you know in, in, in what we know um, I think we're deluding ourselves if we believe we can know something uh, truly <laughs> Some of my colleagues in other branches of medicine, um, they tell me that uh, as they get more and more experience doing their jobs the more they realize that they really don't know um, as much as they thought they knew when they first started it's almost like it, the, the more you do the less you know um, I think I, I, I think the the more complete answer is that you you become more uh, comfortable with what you you don't know and there's a lot that we don't know or can't know but you have to know what you don't know I think I think that's I think that's a really key thing um, when you think about competency uh, what are the levels of competence. Com- comp- sorry, competency, um, I think a low, low level is not knowing anything, the next level is knowing something, and I think the next level is knowing what you don't know, or something like that, anyway. Um, I'm not doing a good job of explaining myself. It's it's arbitrary to split or to separate human sciences into different categories, like our specialties. Medicine as a whole um, is is the study of the whole of human experience. But of course, it's it's easier to um, to get really good at knowing a particular area of human experience and then become more interested in that and then you specialize and then um, you become really excellent at that particular area of interest but you still remain a medical doctor you still have to uphold the principles of patient care assessment ethical treatment management and um Indeed, there are particular unique issues that you might encounter uh, in any area of focus. For example, in psychiatry, um, the issue of diagnosing, labelling people with different diagnoses, continues to be debated, and it's important to remember that in any branch of medicine, diagnosis is only a means to an end. And diagnosis can, it is a way of um, describing a set of problems that comes with the patient's presentation, which travels across time. The thing is, it can evolve and it can change because people can change over time. It can change depending on the course of the illness plus other factors that relate to the illness itself, like, you know, a virus comes and goes, for instance. But it can alter um, physical, uh, physiological functions, sometimes irreparably, sometimes temporarily. One of the main distinguishing features of a psychiatric diagnosis compared to other fields is that the etiology or the causal factors is not assumed in the labelling, except for post-traumatic stress disorder, where clearly the cause for PTSD is trauma. Um, But one of the big problems we have in psychiatry is that psychiatric studies research is limited by um by a number of things like we find it quite difficult to recruit um subjects into studies Um, psychiatry is not a flashy specialty so there's often a lack of adequate funding for research and because humans are so complex emotions are so complex and subjective, you know, there are often confounding variables. And, um, you know, for example, if you think about people who um, have substance abuse or, sorry, substance dependencies, um, it's not uncommon to discover that people. Did not start out being <laughs> dependent on substances, right? They, you, <clears throat> typically, in my practice at least, in what I observe, there's a reason why people use substances, um, and sometimes it's to treat uh, difficult emotional states, or they might be trying to um, alter. Uh, the way they feel so that they can navigate pain in their lives more easily. Or sometimes, you know, they're having difficulties um, focusing at work and they may stumble across a substance that happens to help them with their inattention or problems focusing, um, concentrating, later on discovering that they might have ADHD and they've been treating it all along with certain substances. Um, You know, mental pain does not have a single cause and human beings uh, can be difficult to study because, because of that. But likewise, I would say, <clears throat> a person is not just someone who has had. Uh, well, sorry, a patient is not just someone with a medical condition. You know, they're people, right? Um, a patient is not just someone with a heart attack or someone with knee pain that needs a joint replacement. Labels. Um, only help us to communicate with one another, and they are only as valid as the strength of their uh, theoretical underpinnings. I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, people are complex, but we can use labels to describe the problem that they bring to us, diagnoses, because it helps us to communicate the problem With one another, a diagnosis does not uh, describe a person in its in 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 their entirety. Unfortunately, that's one of the problems we struggle with in psychiatry. In particular, people who suffer from personality disorders um, uh, get a very rough deal in our mental health systems. I don't want this to be a political uh, episode at all, but I'm just stating what I observe. Sorry, I'm just describing what I observe. and Anyone who works in the mental health field cannot disagree with me, because it's true. People with diagnoses of a certain type, unfortunately, are more likely to be treated with derision and the behavior that they manifest sometimes, unfortunately, is attributed to their diagnosis. So, for example, um, there have been times when I've seen people who come to the hospital seeking treatment, uh, with, uh, but they've come with a diagnosis of something like, say, Antisocial Personality Disorder or Borderline Personality Disorder. But they get treated with um, a certain sort of attitude. There's a dismissiveness there. Uh, And any unhappiness that the patient expresses becomes attributed to their diagnosis. Which is something of a cop-out. And it means that clinicians ignore the source of their unhappiness and the patient remains unhappy. And because the patient is human, when you feel invalidated and you feel like your concerns are not being addressed by the very people that you hope could address your issues, you might get angry, you might get emotional. It's not because you have a personality disorder. <clears throat> I think I've digressed a bit here. I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about the difficulties in um, in studying um, people with complex human problems and pain. <clears throat> but actually, um, what I would say is. One of the advantages of studying complexity um, is that I think it helps you to understand yourself better as well. Um, I've always said to my patients that self-reflection is the basis for personal growth. And sometimes asking the right questions is more helpful than seeking the right answers. The advantage of undertaking studies in psychiatry is that you learn how to formulate and make sense of really complex problems. Um, You know, if doctors can answer this question, why does this person come to me now at this time? I think we are halfway there to being half decent doctors. The other half of that question then seems to be, so what should I do now? <clears throat> what sorts of strengths does my patient have that I can leverage uh, and cultivate to help offset any deficiencies or skill deficits that they might have that they need to develop? What are... Um, you know, are there uh, certain factors that get in the way of them achieving the goals that we have set forth to improve their lives? How do I uh, reduce the likelihood that they will represent with further problems? It is incumbent upon us to have a good understanding of normal physiological, psychological, environmental systems, family processes so that we can understand what is abnormal or pathological, just like in medicine. Um Yeah. Yeah. Remember that patients in the real real world don't fit neatly into boxes. So because of that, uh, they're not going to meet uh, strict uh, inclusion criteria for studies and research as well. Um, so I've come full circle there, through, uh, but I've meandered my way through, haven't I? And I hope that you're following me, and I hope that you can tolerate this nasally voice I have. I've got some. It's it's summer and there's something in the air. It's pollen or something. And um, I've got very bad hay fever. Excuse me. (sighs) Just blowing my nose there. Sorry. Be with me. Alright, where was I? Ah, yes. Um. Hmm. Reliability, inclusion criteria, it's true that there are some syndromes that psychiatrists are, that psychiatrists are especially interested in, which cannot be diagnosed with uh, things like lab markers or radio radiological investigations. But that is changing, I think, but I don't think it's going to change a great deal. There's only so much you can see on the scan. It's only so far you can go with looking at at um, cellular structures. No one disputes that headaches and migraines are real, but can you see a headache under a microscope? No, you can't. Headaches are a human experience, and it's complex the complex causes for headaches yet there are no diagnostic lab tests or markers to diagnose them also interestingly when you think about heart attacks right uh, many people but not everyone complains of central chest pain why is that why is there central chest pain when there are actually no nerve endings in the heart no sorry <laughs> No, no pain. Uh, pain receptors in the heart. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? But <clears throat> going back to headaches, you know, they are still a major cause of sick days and disability. The great William Osler said, "Medicine is a science of uncertainty," and an art of probability. <clears throat> Why do I say that? Because medicine is so much that we don't know. So much that we don't know. And, and and scientific methods can only take us so far to understanding what the truth of things is. It's unfortunate that there's this perception that psychiatry is not really a medical specialty. But like I said before, I think the problem is in the way that we teach medicine in medical school. There is such a lack of consistency in thinking. There's so much bias. And I don't think we teach students how to think critically well enough. We forget that in our field, decisions are based on probabilities and likelihoods, like William Osler said medical school, there's this illusion of certainty through algorithms and that they, they, they teach us for diagnosing certain conditions or treating certain conditions. But those very algorithms are based on um, likelihoods, data pertaining to likelihoods. I think I've thrashed that topic far enough. The other thing that is... Uh, sometimes um, said to be a factor is remuneration. Remuneration has been a problem for a long time for lots of people. By the way, you don't get rich being a doctor. You really don't. If I wanted to be rich, I'd, I'd go into finance. I love I love financial. Uh, I, I love finance, by the way. Economics. I love investing in a a student of uh, the um, uh, you know famous of famous value investors. I've talked about them before, but <clears throat> the issue of rem- remuneration is important for many people. It's a problem. Psychiatry apparently doesn't have the same allure or luster of other more prestigious specialties like. Orthopedic surgery, for instance, but that seems to be changing a little bit. I think um, uh, there are few psychiatrists in training. There are fewer and fewer psychiatrists in training because um, um, of this issue of remuneration. But I would say, you you have to find your own way. Psychiatry is so broad, you can do so much with it, Um, you have to be creative. Um, There are also many subspecialties, forensics, child psychiatry, contact liaison, psychotherapy, neuropsychiatry. There's ways to monetize what you know, you just have to be creative. other reasons why psychiatry might not be so attractive? Well, people think that as psychiatrists, there is a risk of being less good at doing the medical stuff, you know, and in many ways that is true, because you're specialized. You know, you don't think about skin things. Actually, I've never been great at skin things. Some of my friends still ask me, actually my wife, She asks me to look at, you know, a blemish on her arm or, or a, you know, a rash. And she asks (laughs) me, what is this? And I usually say, I have no idea. Let's look it up on Dr. Google. And she, she berates me for being useless. And I don't blame her because I'm useless at skin things. But we can usually work it out by using the same sorts of, um, Uh, thinking that I apply when I'm diagnosing certain mental health conditions. You know, you you ask certain questions like, when did the rash appear? Um, uh, You know, does it change? Um, What are its margins? Is it raised? Um, What other symptoms do you have? Is it itchy? Is it... uh, You know, associated with any sort of environmental factor. (coughs) Have you taken any medicines recently? Have you changed any medicines? Have you been under stress? (sighs) You know, are you allergic to anything? What medicines are you taking? (coughs) Obviously, I need to take some antihistamines. Sorry. (coughs) But we are specialists, psychiatrists, and we can't forget that. We're good at prescribing medicines to help ease mental pain. And if you're a psychiatrist, don't be scared of that. Actually take pride in that. Get good at um, uh, understanding pharmacology. You have to have a firm grasp of Pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics, because there's so much misinformation out there. Recently, um, I talked about the serotonin hypothesis and how, you know, <clears throat> certain authors debunked or tried to debunk the idea that antidepressants don't work for depression. Well, of course they don't work if you use the wrong antidepressants. SSRIs can only get you so far. Because melancholic depression, you you need um, anyway you you need to address other uh, receptor systems, not just serotonin-based systems. Anyway, that's my opinion. Okay, I have to say that caveat. Um, I'm not your doctor, I'm not your psychiatrist. Go and see your doctor and your psychiatrist. If you're interested in medicines, go and talk to them. Don't rely on this podcast to. Don't rely on this podcast for uh, information about um, treatment. This is just my opinion. All right, <clears throat> but you have to get good at this stuff. If you're a psychiatrist, you have to know about pharmacology. Don't be spooked by it. Dare to prescribe stuff that works. Nothing wrong with that. You have to be well rounded. A number of my colleagues are dual fellows of, you know, the medical college and psychiatry college. Not many, but some are. And they've all said to me that even though they could understand biology behind certain symptoms and science, there is a real need to also understand social, psychological implications of having biological symptoms. So you know, regardless of what field you end up spending most of your time in, if you're if you're interested in specialising in something, the the doctor, the whole doctor, needs to be interested in the person they have been called to help. And I think that psychiatrists have an important contribution still to make in the field of human medicine and science. But we must not isolate ourselves from our medical counterparts. We should be proud of our specialty. And don't fool yourself in thinking that you're separate from other specialties. Learn to use the medicines that we're supposed to be able to prescribe. Don't, don't be ashamed if people say, oh, you're too biological in your approach and you prescribe medicine, because you're not. You're prescribing medicines and you're prescribing treatment, not just medicines. Because you've thought about the whole person. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, If you're a medical student, um, I encourage you to go to the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists' website, and also, and actually, I would encourage you to go to Ken Gilman's website, psychotropical.com, if you actually want to learn how to become a really good psychiatrist, go and check out all of Ken Gilman's stuff. He's a psychiatrist that works in Queensland. I think, Ken, if you're listening to this, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're somewhere in Queensland. Um, and by the way, you write amazing material. Um, so go read that stuff if you're listening. Ken Gilman's stuff, Psychotropical. Psychotropical. Dot com. And that's it for me, my friends, for this week. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, Why Psychiatry Sucks and Why Psychiatry is Awesome. By the way, um, it's Christmas coming up. Check out um, HuddleWhisdom.com forward slash practice. Um, learn some simple, practical, but effective um, philosophies for raising kids. Through connection and empathy, Uh, type in the discount code Xmas 2022 and you'll get a hefty discount. Um, It's hefty. And there's a money-back guarantee. What's not to like? Merry Christmas. Discount code is... um, You can use it till the end of the year. Alright. Love you, my friends. Catch up with you next time. Bye.